As President Barack Obama touts what is right and wrong with the nation's health care system, hardly a week goes by when you don't hear he or one of his surrogates mention Geisinger Health System. So what does Mr. Obama see in this large Pennsylvania-based medical care provider? Welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, the healthcare reporter with the Chicago Tribune, and joining me today is Dr. Alfred Casal. Dr. Casal is Director of Cardiothoracic Surgery at Geisinger Health System, one of the nation's largest integrated healthcare delivery systems. Founded in 1915, Geisinger today serves more than 2 million residents throughout central and northeastern Pennsylvania. Geisinger includes two medical center campuses, two hospitals, and a 740-member group practice and a not-for-profit health insurance company. Dr. Casal practices surgery in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. He received his medical degree from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine in Baltimore. And he joins us today from his offices in Wilkes-Barre. Dr. Alfred Casal, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Thanks, Bruce. It's a delight to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And I was fortunate enough to, in my role at the Tribune of the Healthcare Reporter, to be at the American Medical Association meeting, which was actually pretty watershed because the president spoke for about an hour and was rather blunt in what the nation faces. And our listeners here at ReachMD heard the speech live, and perhaps many of them heard the president mention Geisinger Health in Pennsylvania. So if you could give us a little background on Geisinger and what is it that is going on there that people are starting to hear a lot about? Well, you've already pointed out that Geisinger is an integrated delivery system in central and northeastern Pennsylvania. And we are made up of two medical centers and a medical group with, as you said, about 760, 770 doctors. About a third of those are primary care doctors located in about 43 primary care sites scattered throughout our 41-county coverage area in Pennsylvania. In addition to the hospital platforms and the medical group, we have a health plan called the Geisinger Health Plan that is not exclusive to our clinical enterprise. They obviously involve 90 hospitals and over, uh, I think it's 18,000 physicians that they've got relationships with. But we do have sort of a special relationship with GHP in that our oversight is through the same board and the same CEO and president so that we can uh, use the health plan as a partner, as it were, to experiment with new methods of care delivery and compensation. I know that Geisinger, in working with the physicians and the whole collective enterprise there, they have worked in the area of heart care. They have improved outcomes and they have lowered costs. And could you talk to us a little bit about that and how that is being achieved? Sure. Well, Glenn Steele, our chief executive officer and the board of directors, several years ago, gathered together all of the clinical leaders of Geisinger and challenged us. The challenge was that recognizing that in American medicine, health care was too often of uncertain appropriateness, that we too frequently didn't apply best practices reliably, too frequently treated patients as if they were passive recipients of care rather than active partners. And on top of this, we were paid per unit of work 
with really no consequence to the quality or the value that was being provided by the healthcare organization. So with that background, they challenged us to say, were there things that Geisinger, because of its relatively unique anatomy, and that is with doctors, hospitals, and a health plan, bound together with a very robust electronic health record that we've had in place now for over 12 to 15 years, could we do something to address those issues that nobody else has been or perhaps could do by applying pay-for-performance principles or value-based reimbursement to acute episodic surgical care? Because, as you know, there had been several experiments, several programs where pay-for-performance principles were applied by insurance companies, but primarily to outpatient preventative and vaccine or mammography, colonoscopy, rates of preventative outpatient processes. Yeah, sort of the stuff that says, hey, come in and do this, and hopefully it'll save a life or money down the road. Right, and most of those projects involved relatively small dollars Mm -hmm. for care whose impact was going to be measured in years, not in an acute sense. So we did a survey of the kinds of clinical projects that might be reasonable to address these and recognize that coronary artery bypass grafting was a good early model for this kind of process. And the specifics that made it a good model were that, number one, we had a relatively small group, seven surgeons, who were doing these procedures in three hospitals at the time that they had already been gathered together into a service line and were used to dealing with each other together to work on protocols and processes, that in addition to having the right people, we as a specialty had off-the-shelf, if you were, best practices that had recently been promulgated by the American College of Surgeons and the American Heart Association as they updated their guidelines for coronary artery bypass grafting in 2005. So you had the right people, you had guidelines that were relatively authoritative and that we didn't have to fight for weeks, months, or years about what best practice actually was. In addition, we had been participating with the Society of Thoracic Surgeons in their database for all 12 years that the data set was being collected, and that provided us with a ready mechanism to track and define outcomes. We also recognized that coronary bypass was a big-ticket enough item to get our in-house financial folks interested in working with us and it was a big enough issue for the health plan that they would want to be at the table as well. And if I can interrupt for a minute, a bypass when you're talking about, we're talking forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000? Well, in some places it can be that high. You know, our experience was a little bit lower than that, but you're certainly talking about something over twenty-five and less than $80,000 in most settings. So again, lots of room for getting people's attention by that. 
Well, let me interrupt just a minute. If you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune. I'm your host, and joining me today is Dr. Alfred Castle, who is with Geisinger Health System, which is an integrative delivery system in Pennsylvania. And if you haven't heard of Geisinger, you haven't been listening to the President of the United States because he's been mentioning Geisinger as one of a few health systems out there that have electronic records. They are proving outcomes and they are saving money. And Dr. Casal was just telling us about this effort with heart surgery, which is an expensive procedure, and how they are reducing costs and improving outcomes. And if you could just continue, Doctor. Sure. So we designed a program that we've called Proven Care. And the essentials of this project break down into the following six points. First, we focus on documenting appropriateness of the coronary artery bypass operation. Secondly, we've established a series of 40 best practice behaviors that we commit to providing on every patient who undergoes a bypass operation in our system. Third, we've redesigned the day-to-day care process so that we've designed a process to reliably deliver each of those 40 best practices. The fourth part of proven care is this concept of activating the patient and their family so that they recognize that the best outcome is going to come when they're participating along with their caregivers in getting things to go right. The last two elements of proven care are not really integral to the process, but have gotten a lot of the attention from the president and his advisors. And those are the financial deal. One of the design elements that we were anxious to include when we first started talking about this was a notion of, we'll do it right or we won't send you a bill. When we committed to using an all-or-none measurement... And when was that, actually? Well, that means that uh, if we promise 40 things should be done on every patient, and we do only 39 of them, we've considered that a miss. We don't judge ourselves as having successfully met our commitment unless all 40 of the elements we've said we should do are met. So if we were going to hold ourselves to that kind of all or none standard, our chief financial officer almost had a conniption when he realized the likelihood of sending a bill, even if you did all 40 things at a 99% of the time level. I hope my auto mechanic is listening. Exactly. So we put aside this notion of not sending bills if we miss things, because frankly, the insurers when GHP talked to its purchasers of health care insurance, they said, you know, we just don't believe that you're going to put that kind of money on the line with meaningful promises. They expected that we would fudge it by promising things like we'll only operate on days of the week that end in Y. <laughs> so they did come back to us and say that, you know, that doesn't interest us. But what does interest us is eliminating the unpredictable variation 
among providers in terms of what their exposure and costs were going to be like. So the insurance company said to us things like, you know, I can take 10 patients who to me look like clones of each other, and I can send them to 10 different combinations of providers and hospitals and see a huge variation in the expense of giving what to me seems like the same care. And that lack of predictability frustrates me and drives my actuaries nuts. So if you want my attention, give me a packaged price and find some mechanism to transfer the risk of expensive complications from me, Mr. Insurance Company, to you, Mr. Clinical Enterprise. So we did. The fifth element of proven care, then, is this notion of a packaged price for an episode of care. And this resonates greatly with some of the administration advisors. Once you come to a Geisinger clinic and see a Geisinger cardiac surgeon, and a decision is made to proceed with an elective coronary bypass operation, everything from that moment through 90 days of postoperative care for related issues is included in a packaged price that Geisinger Health Plan pays us. So that's done two things. Number one, it's eliminated the uncertainty for the health plan about what its exposure is going to be like, and it's transferred the risk of bad, costly complications or readmissions occurring from the health plan and thereby the payer to the clinical enterprise who have the levers to affect those kinds of things. So we're not being silly. We're not promising things that we have no chance of delivering. But what we've done is say that by reliably delivering 40 best practices as established by authoritative national organizations, we believe that we can give at least as good and probably better care with a lower incidence of complications and readmissions. And we're putting our money where our mouth is by taking a fraction, 50%, of the historic cost of those readmissions and complications and putting that into the package price. And I think many of those principles are what the administration believes could be interesting as models for other healthcare systems. I would like to thank Dr. Alfred Castle, who is Director of Cardiothoracic Surgery at Geisinger Health System, a system that President Obama has mentioned as being a good example in how health care reform can be achieved in this country. I'm Bruce Japson of the Chicago Tribune, and you've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. And I'd like to thank you today for listening.